Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her fiance, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to separate quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet Isaiah, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Merry Christmas. You can go ahead and take a seat. Maybe I should say it this way. Maybe Merry, very crazy, freezing, cold Christmas. Wow, this is like Minnesota weather. I lived there uh, for a while and it brings back some I don't know, maybe bad memories (laughs) with the cold reality of it all. But Merry Christmas. That statement, Emmanuel, God with us, is a profound statement. God with us. God with us. God with us. (laughs) That's crazy. It's very important to understand, it's not saying the idea of a spiritual aura with us. It's not talking about a religion with us. It's not saying a great prophet came among us. It's not saying there's a divine idea that entered in and came and was with us. It's literally theos meta ego, God with us. The manger scene, uh, Christmas. Uh, We have manger scenes up here. There are childlike oriented manger scenes. There are some uh, more older manger scenes. There are some that are $12 manger scenes. There are some $12 at Hobby Lobby, 70% off. There are some that are more expensive uh, than $12. But the manger scene, the traditional manger scene, Kind of the question I ask is, is, do we get what we see? Do we really get what we see? Maybe you have it displayed. Maybe you've seen it over the holidays here. But the real, I think, question behind it all is, do we get what we see? I would say it this way. The manger scene is an entrance scene. It is an entrance scene. It's where Emmanuel, God, entered to be with us. The light entered as Emmanuel. I love lights. I mean, who doesn't love lights, right? I mean, there are campfire lights, there are fireplace lights, there are candle lights, there's sunlight, at least every so often where we live. Uh, There is sunlight. Uh, There are other lights. There are light sticks, there's light bulbs, there's Christmas lights. Imagine if there were no lights. I actually don't think we can. Because light is life. And 
the absence of light is the absence of life. And the reality when we look at the manger scene is the light entered. It's an entrance scene. As a church, we've been spending this month investing, uh, talking about light and scripture. We started, Pastor Chris began uh, earlier this month, taking us to Genesis chapter one to see God speaking light into existence. Light uh, as a physical form came into existence by God's own words. But then after that, Pastor Eric took us into the Old Testament, took us over into Isaiah 60, kind of as a springboard on helping us to see that scripture doesn't just refer to light as a physical essence, but actually scripture uses light to make reference to God himself, to his people, and to life with the Lord. Light is a theme in scripture. And then Pastor Nate picked that up and he kind of was the bridge from the Old Testament into the New Testament in helping us to see that the scriptures promised that there would be one who would be coming who was literally termed the light of the world, the light of mankind, that that one would come. And here we are together tonight just to remember that the one that was talked about entered entered in the manger scene. So here's what I want to just do for a few minutes here, the next 15, maybe 20 minutes here. I want for us just to see light as an intrinsic, intentional reality in the traditional manger scene. Now I say traditional manger scene because everything in our manger scenes actually weren't there at the manger. But uh, I'll make reference to that here in just a moment. So I'm really bringing the first two years of Christ's life together at the manger scene. If you have your Bible with you, turn to Luke chapter two. If you didn't bring it with you and you want to, grab one of the Bibles behind the seats there. It's page 805, page 805. Uh, I'm gonna read out of Luke here in just a, a moment. Five elements kind of in the manger scene. Uh, of five groups of people, I might call it in the manger scene. And the very first one we have to begin with is, well, baby Jesus, right? I mean, the core and center of the whole manger scene. Luke chapter two, verse seven, and she, Mary, gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Very familiar verse. You've likely heard it before. And, And here is the entrance of the light. Scripture has been pointing, telling, one is coming who is the light of mankind. One is coming who is the light of the world. And here we come and we see that this one has entered at this point. Pastor Nate referenced us to John 1 last Sunday. The true light, the light of the world that gives light was coming into the world. It's not just another baby. It's not just even a a crazy scenario around another baby. This is the light, the one that has been promised of God who would be coming, God in the flesh. And that's what we see there in the major scene. Baby Jesus, the light. Secondly, we have to bring in, well, Mary and Joseph because they're kind of key figures in the whole major scene, right? When we think of Mary and Joseph, uh, Pastor Eric was, uh, as I mentioned, was bringing us in the Old Testament, helping us to see that God's people, Israel, were referred to as to be the people bringing the light to the nations. 
in, uh, in, in, in Isaiah 49, 6, I will make you, Israel, a light for the nations. And so when Mary and Joseph are there, it's not just two individuals. It's not just the fact of just two Israelites. It's the reality of the carrying out of Scripture in this that we have, uh, let's call them, two representatives to the nation's light. That's what they are. They are light to the nations. And so intrinsic, even within their very presence there, there is this reality from Scripture of light as representatives of that. And then we add the shepherds. Got to add the shepherds. I mean, the shepherds, everybody loves the shepherds. I mean, they're just regular folk. I'm sure they smelled beautiful and all that kind of a thing. And uh, let me pick up at verse 8, Luke chapter 2. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord did what? It shone around them. And they were filled with great fear, the shepherds were. And the angel said to them, hey, hey guys, it's, it's kind of like that. It had to be that way. Uh, hey, guys, uh, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. By the way, Christ there, it is a title. It is not a last name. The Christ that has been talked about has been born, uh, verse 12, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with them uh, the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Verse 15, and when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, I don't know, it had to be something like, holy moly, holy moeo in Greek. Let us go over to Bethlehem, see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby where? Lying in a manger. And when they saw it, when they saw the baby, they may known the sayings that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. And I love this just sweet moment, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And just I'll note verse 21, and at the end of eight days, I note that because with the shepherds, they're there within the first week of Christ's birth. They see the manger. They are there on site with it all. In verse 9, the angel of the Lord appears. And what happens? The glory of the Lord shone around them. The word is it perilampeo. Peri, around, lampeo. Let's just say it this way, lamped. It like lamped it up all around. And what was it? It wasn't the angels that lit it up. It wasn't the shepherds that lit it up. It was the glory of God that lit it up. And we have intrinsically, intentionally included with the shepherds, this dynamic aspect of light lighting it up. 
By the way, Doug, that's just kind of a a nuance. No, no, I don't think it is. Because it's interesting in it, we had learned that in Psalm 27, Isaiah 60, we had learned uh, from Pastor Eric that God is light, make referencing to. And also, I'll note in it that when you go to Luke chapter 1, we find about the glory of God light. We do not see the glory of God lighting it up when Gabriel shows up to Mary. Nothing is mentioned about that. We don't see anything mentioned in Matthew 1 in Joseph's dream about her pregnancy with the whole scene lit up, but we do hear. And so I'm going to note it, not just as a random item, but for some reason that's included here. That when the angels show up with the shepherds, the glory of God lights it up. It's light, light, and light. And then I'm going to add a fourth character, four of the five, a one who usually isn't included in the manger scene, but I'm going to add him in because, um, well, if the Magi are added in, uh, let's add this dude in, actually, and the dudette, Simon, Simeon, and Anna. I want to focus on Simeon. Look at uh, verse 22, Luke chapter 2. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they, Joseph and Mary, brought him, Jesus, up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy or set apart unto the Lord. By the way, this happens, this event takes place, and the Torah talks about takes place at 40 days. So that's when this event is happening. So at 40 days, verse 24, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Verse 25, now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. We could say it, waiting for the comforter, the comforter of Israel, waiting for the rescuer, the rescuer of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. By the way, again, that's a title. You're going to see the one that the Old Testament talked about, remember, Pastor Nate, and 400 years of silence, canonical silence from God and people waiting for it. And he's like, this is it. You're not going to pass away until you see the one that we promised. And he came in the spirit into the temple when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law. And Simeon took baby Jesus, 40-day-old baby Jesus, up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. The idea of that is is to unattach a rope to an anchor uh, on land so that the boat can just sail off. Now I can undo the rope and just sail off, Lord. Why? For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. By the way, very important to note, he's not saying my eyes have seen salvation in an idea. He's looking at this 40-day-year-old, this 40-day-old baby and saying my eyes are seeing salvation here in this child. And then verse 32, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. And if you will, a light for glory to your people Israel. And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him. It's 40 days after Jesus' birth. This event happens at the temple in Jerusalem. It doesn't happen at the manger scene. And Simeon holds the baby. 
40 days old. And he says, Lord, my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all people, an apocalypsis, a light for revelation. And if you will, an apocalypsis, a light for the glory of your people Israel. The light entered as a as Emmanuel. And then he got to add the fifth one that we all have in a manger scene, even though they didn't show up at the manger scene. The Magi. The Magi. Uh, three questions. Were they kings? You know, because the song, uh, we three kings. You know, were, were they kings? Uh, likely not. Uh, were there three? Don't know. Uh, I think there are probably likely more. Have I just ruined your Christmas, that whole thing? <laughs> Hang in there, it's okay. We're not, we're not mad about it. And were they at the manger scene? No, they weren't. They actually show up about the time uh, when B Jesus is about one and a half to two years old. And they show up at a house. In fact, uh, let me read from this. Uh, you can listen. I'm um, in Matthew 2. Just listen as I follow. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We don't get that, by the way, friends. See, we elect people, or supposedly we elect people in these things. And yet here it is in this, he's born king. For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Notice, we have come to worship this born one. Not the idea of it, but a human that's been born. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. Herod was just a bad dude. And all Jerusalem with him. Likely because when Herod gets troubled, he does bad things and everybody pays the price. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, Herod inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, uh, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, you are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And so as Herod summoned the wise men secretly, ascertained from them what time the star had appeared, because he's trying to find out how long ago was this one born. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, wrong page. And when you have found him, bring me word that I may come and worship him. And after listening to the king, Herod, they went on their way and behold the star that, had, that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. That's a fascinating conversation, by the way. Verse 10, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and they worshiped, not an idea, not a principle, not a warm magic feeling. They worshiped this one and a half, two-year-old boy. And then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Two questions come out of this. What brought the Magi to the Christ? Well, the star, right? By the way, that takes us all the way back to Genesis chapter 1 with the star, 
The physical reality of God, by the way, Colossians chapter one, uh, the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, having breathed everything into creation and here he is incarnate and the star is leading them, a star. By the way, the other is how old was he when the Magi came? How can I help us to understand the dynamic between a manger and a little tiny baby and like a a one and a half year old? Well, let me refer to, this is what grandparents do. They take every moment to show off their grandkids, right? This is my son, Luke. Uh, Some say we look a little bit alike. Hi, Belle. This is Belle. Belle is right about, you move perfect. (laughs) Belle is right about a year and a half old. I'm having Belle up here because when we see holding a baby, when we have holding a baby, oh, I know. When we are holding a baby, it's one thing. But when we come and we're around a one and a half or two year old, it's totally different. In fact, here, Belle. Oh, I know. (laughs) You did so good in the last service. By the way, hey, in this moment, a one and a half year old, they can start to talk. The lights. They can start to interact. TV. (laughs) Imagine the Magi coming. And not just holding a little infant baby, but coming to a one and a half, two-year-old child. And friends, they weren't there for 10 minutes. We don't have time to go into it, but they had made one high tail of a journey to get to where they are at. And they're not in and out quickly. And they're interacting with this one and a half, two-year-old child And in it, what are they doing? They said they had come, there was a star, and they had come to worship him. And intrinsic in their whole story is the fact that a star had pointed them, this is where he's at. Let me just kind of close by backtracking. Light is tied to every element of the manger scene plus with the coming of Christ. We'll start with the Magi who we were just talking about. The Magi, how did they know where the Christ was? We don't have time to talk about it here tonight and I'm not gonna take the time, but the star, and they follow the star. Light led them to the light. The Magi, the story is lighting it up. And then you have Simeon. He declares Jesus as the light for revelation, as the apocalypsis of the glory of God for Israel. Their story has intrinsic in this, this reality of light going on with Simeon and Anna. You have the shepherds. The shepherds, the angel shows up and then more angels show up and we're told that it's not them that's lighting it up. It's not the shepherds that lighting it up. It's not even a star that lights it up. It's the glory of God lights the whole scene up. And then we come to Mary and Joseph. 
They are Old Testament. They are referred to as Israelites, as light for the nations. And there they are, God's light to the nations, representatives there in the scene of it all. And then we come to baby Jesus. The light. The light who has entered darkness to ultimately do for you and I what we cannot do for ourselves in our place and making that available to any who would receive. And the story of the manger and everything surrounding in the first couple of years of Christ's life is this, light, 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 and light. Listen, the manger scene is a lit up scene. And all of that is contained within the story of it. Because without light, there is no life. And the fact of life permeating every element of the entrance of Emmanuel isn't just a side note isn't just a well, nuance, isn't just a, 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 a kind of quirky thing to notice in it. It's intentional because the light has entered and light has everything to do with it, ultimately pointing us to the light. John 1, in him was life and the life was the light of men the light that shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. In Ephesians 5.8, at one time you, Paul speaking to uh, uh, followers of Christ in Ephesus, at one time you were in darkness, but now uh, by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, you are the light in the world. Therefore walk as children of light, because you are in the light. Do you have a story like that? Listen, the manger scene is a lit up entrance scene. And we see it all the time, this time of the year. But the real question is, is do we get what we see? Do we walk away with a warm, fuzzy, soft Hallmark feeling from it? Because if that's it, you're missing the brevity of it, the massiveness of it. It's about light. And if you've never had an experience of coming to know the light, we would love to talk with you. And what we're doing even right now is to begin passing light around the room is just to add our own participation in the reality of the whole gospel story of the light entered as Emmanuel. I mean, light was intrinsic in every way. And us bringing light into it just adds to the reality. Hey, if there's any way we can help you, we would love to do so because this isn't magical, this is eternal. It's that big of a deal. The light entered as Emmanuel.